Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Burt Show. All right, so what do you have going on in your life right now that you would like to share with The Burt Show? Go ahead and hit us up at theburtshow.com. He wants to leave something to his mistress in his will. Does he need to give his wife a heads up? Hey, Burt Show. Please keep me anonymous. I'm hoping there's another lawyer out there who's been in a similar situation who could offer some guidance. I recently passed the bar, and my family is ecstatic to have a lawyer in the family. I'm an estate planning lawyer, and my uncle reached out to me because he wanted to make an adjustment to his will. He's a 60-year-old man who has been married for 30 years and has two grown children. He and my aunt both earn ample incomes and are very comfortable financially. I didn't think anything of it when he came to my office and thought this would be a clean cut. Turns out, for almost a decade, he's been having an affair. His mistress is an artist in her 40s. According to him, he's not her sugar daddy. He's never given her more than a few gifts or paid for meals and hotel bills. My uncle is dealing with some health issues and wanted to make a provision to his will. That provision is adding his mistress. The sum would make little difference to his family, but would make a big difference for her. He says he loves his wife and wants to handle this discreetly. He doesn't want this bombshell dropping after he passes. From a lawyer's standpoint, I'm not quite sure how to handle this. And from a niece standpoint, I hate that I'm now aware of this information. Dude, I bet. Wow. Huh. What a bad uncle. <laughs> I, I don't even know where to start with something like this. Uh, yeah. I mean, well, I guess if there's any lawyers that have been asked this question, like somebody has a will and they come to you and they have to make a provision because they want to put a, a mistress in there, one 855 show 855-237-8746. We're never going to find anybody there that's going to say that. Mm-hmm. Sure we will. Where there's a will, there's a way. Oh, oh God. <laughs> All right. She walked right into that, that way. That was funny. <laughs> Bam. 1-855-BIRD-SHOW. I, I, I enjoyed that. Thank you. <laughs> this man is so dumb. She says in here that he wants to handle this discreetly. Emphasis on discreetly. You know how you handle things discreetly? You don't go to a family member who's conveniently a lawyer to handle this. You go to some rando. You obviously have the funds to be able to pay for any lawyer that you want. I don't know what he expected in this situation. I think it's stupid. Yeah, if I'm her, I'm definitely mad at my uncle. One, for bringing me into this. I don't even want to know this information. And two, I just passed the bar, fam. (laughs) Like, yo, you got to (laughs) relax. And I would... I would tell him, I can't stop you. Do what you're going to do, but it will not be me. I won't be the person to handle this Oh, so you would just decline the, the, the whole thing? Completely. Not me. I'm getting my check, but... 
I still think it's crazy. <laughs> I don't even know where to start with this. It's so crazy. I mean, who would ever even think about it? I think about putting their mistress yes. in their will. <laughs> I guarantee you there is somebody out there who has had mistresses uh-huh. in their will. I would think so. I can't find anybody yet. I'm sure that's way more common than you think. Or maybe it's somebody in the will. It's just a name and you don't know it's the mistress. Probably. But you, after some digging, I'm sure you would figure out, like, what what kind of agreement there was there. And at that, point, kind of it's relationship. Too, at that point, it's too late anyway. Yeah, can't, you can't be married at a ghost. Yep. I mean, uh, mad at a ghost. Oh, but you can. Yeah, I guess you can. <laughs> can be. I got one coming in. Let's see if we can get it on hold. Okay. I feel like mistress is only the kind of word that rich people use. You know what I mean? Like anybody else, you're just you're, you're just having chick. it. A, yeah, you're just a side chick. <laughs> I feel like when you get to a certain tax bracket, you become a mistress. That's fair. It does seem like that. <laughs> the phones are ringing. Uh, but they keep dropping. Yes, they do. Your mom's volunteer organization made an accidental R-rated request. Oh, it was an accidental. Oh, it was. It was very much on purpose. My mom thought it was accidental. So for context, my mom was a stay-at-home mom growing up, and she never went back into the workforce because we were lucky enough that my dad's income supported, um, you know, their life. And so when I left for college and when I went and when I grew up and, you know, my mom had really nothing to do because um, she had no children to raise anymore. She was like, how am I going to spend my days? How am I going to fill my time? Well, my mom is a very generous giving type of person and was like, I want to do some volunteer work. So she is a volunteer at this organization that helps out elderly people. She runs errands for them. I think at one point she even had to like literally wipe somebody's butt. It's a very intimate experience, but um, she didn't think it was going to get this intimate at a certain point when she got a grocery list. Very normal, very typical. She goes out and goes grocery shopping for this woman. I won't say her name. Um, we'll call her Sarah. She goes grocery shopping for Sarah. No, her name's Ethel. She's Ethel. elderly. Ethel. <laughs> yeah. Ethel. She goes grocery shopping for Ethel all the time. She normally gets her some chicken nuggets. She normally gets her her shampoo in her body wash and just all the typical self-care things. It's a very sweet thing to do. Very sweet thing to do. And normally that's it. Sometimes she'll go through the drive-thru and get her some McDonald's. She loves fast food. And so she gets this grocery list one day and she's reading down the list and all the typical things are there. Nuggets, shampoo, conditioner, yada, yada, yada. And then at the very bottom of the list, it says personal massager, but the more blunt way of saying it. Okay. Come on, Ethel. (laughs) (laughs) And my mom's like, she's trying to, Mo. She's trying. (laughs) My mom looks at this list and And just to paint the picture of my mom, I grew up in a very conservative Christian household. Like, we did not talk about anything remotely along these lines. So the fact that my mom got this list, I can just picture her face being like, ah! So she calls up Ethel and is like, hey, girlfriend, um, saw that you wanted me to go to Publix and get you a personal massager. I don't really think they sell those there. And Ethel goes, well, I really need it because I use this personal massager to work out the kinks in my neck. <laughs> and my mom's uh, like, yeah, sure, Ethel. Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And, and my mom's like, Ethel, I'm not getting this for you. And she goes, seriously, Carrie, like, I know, you're getting me my personal massager. So my mom goes to Publix. She gets the nuggets, the shampoo, the conditioner, all of that. That is wild to have it on your grocery list yeah. right next to the popcorn. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. that's, that's Make sure it's 2% milk, not whole. <laughs> and get me that battery-operated boyfriend while you're at it. Yes. Make sure it's seven inches. <laughs> 
I can get a little graphic. So my mom has to now scour her suburban neighborhood. She goes to all the Publixes to see if this personal massager is, you know, in aisle eight, aisle nine. Obviously, it's not at the grocery store. No, so, of course not. So then she's like, you know what? I'm going to try CVS. So she goes to CVS and she scours all the aisles. She does not see any personal massagers. And my poor mom had to go up to an attendant. I can only imagine how embarrassed she was. Because like I said, we don't. my family, we don't have these conversations. They are not nearly as blunt and um, open as I am. And my mom goes up to the attendant and is like, hey, where can I find a personal massager? And they were like, well, we don't sell them here. And she goes, okay, well, here's what Ethel needs it for. She says she wants something to be able to work out the kinks in her neck. And they're like, well, we have a personal massager, but it's not necessarily something you would want to use in the downstairs muscles, if you know what I'm saying. (laughs) So (laughs) he takes her to, like, the medical equipment aisle, you know, where they have, like, bandages and, you know, Advil, things that athletes need, and then Ethel. And she ended up having to get her one of those, um, what are they, you know, it's like a... It's like, yeah. wait, like it's the like thermogun. It's, yeah. it's like the thermogun where it's Whoa. like do 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 do. I'm, you can't use that down there. No, <laughs> that, that's gonna bruise. I, you can't use it on an old person. A thermogun like that'll break bones if you got osteoporosis. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't know she has that. But. <laughs> She's old. She probably has. It. Listen, Ethel still apparently has got it yeah. somehow. So my mom gets the the puncher gun that is supposed to specifically <laughs> work on, oh my. on <laughs> muscles, and she goes back to the retirement home or wherever Ethel lives, and she rolls up she's got all the things that she's asked for on the grocery list the shampoo conditioner chicken nuggets you know all that (laughs) and then she pulls out the thermogun or whatever it's called and ethel just looks at it and goes oh thanks carrie like very clearly disappointed Uh it wasn't what she wanted Uh so i think ethel had a little bit of a white lie trying to get my mom to get her (laughs) personal massager and just wouldn't straight up tell her what she really needed it for instead of like running around to five different stores did it ever occur to your mom to show ethel how amazon works um i that is one of the complaints my mom has with this organization and what she's been doing she feels like sometimes she has to do more than Mm. uh she needs to. Well, what we can do is we will purchase one, you know, because we are, we, I like to think we use our voices for good and we try to, you know, <laughs> instill good in the community and help out. We will purchase one of these items off Amazon for Ethel. Oh, perfect. Yeah, now, we can write it off if we put a virtual logo on. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, <Bert>. <laughs> <laughs> The Bird Show. This is a real shocking revelation for one 17-year-old who has gone on a TikTok, and it's such shocking revelation that it's gone viral. Her observations are going viral because she realizes that the more time she spends on social media, the more depressed she gets. <gasps> wow. Who would have thought? Right? Here she is. This is the one that's going viral because she downloaded, like, this new app. I think it's called Opal. Uh, and it charts how much time you're spending on social media. And I guess if you don't, if you're not charting it, you don't realize like half your freaking day is um, spent online, man. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're designed to do, right? I would just lay in the same position for like easily six hours, seven hours straight. And afterwards, I just felt like such a zombie. They gave me the statistic that I was on track to spend 17 years of my life on my phone by the time I turned like 60 or 70. <sighs> And that was my biggest wake-up call. You think? It's almost a fourth of your life (laughs) online. How long, when you guys get into one of those rolls, rabbit holes, how long can you spend online just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling before you look at the clock and you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe it's been blank. Mm. I I spend so long that TikTok sends a video and says, hey, 
You've been scrolling for a really long time. Do you want to stop? There, there, there are those? Yep. Come on. Usually hits after about two hours. Oh, that's nothing. Two hours. Yeah, no, I haven't. So my scrolling, and I think a lot of moms can relate to this, um, and it doesn't matter if you're a stay-at-home mom or a working mom, like you spend all your day dedicated to other people, mm-hmm. and then once you put the kid to bed, you mm-hmm. just want some time to yourself. So you will sit there and you will lay in bed and you will scroll and scroll and scroll. And then before I know it, I'm like, how is it already 930? Right. Like, well, and obviously 930 is late for us because of when we have to get up. Um, and I'm just like, where did the time go? It's a time suck. It's so hard to continue to tell yourself, like, you're being manipulated. Like, they're keeping you online mm-hmm. for a reason. These algorithms are so sophisticated. They know what they're doing, right? And they're manipulating us. And when you're young... It's very, very difficult to have that kind of discipline. Here she says, um, social media um, only drained her time. It affected her self-worth. When someone has 100 million, millions of followers, and they look a certain way, act a certain way, and are this standard of beauty almost, I just immediately interpret that as the reason I don't have those things is because I'm not good enough and I'm not pretty enough. I mean, it's things we talk about every day, mm-hmm. right? What was the name of that show that was on Netflix that exposed the algorithms? And social all that? Network. Was it the Social? I think so. Was that the name of it? I think not, so. Not the Zuckerberg one. Oh, that was the one that changed it for me. I'm not sure. Uh, there was. It was a documentary. Yeah. We were talking about it for weeks. Dang it. I know. This keep talking because I know you have another um, clip to play. And it really makes you realize like how manipulated you are. Like the people that design the algorithm are telling you like, I feel like crap because I know that I. The social dilemma. The social dilemma. There you go. Mm. I, yeah, I know that I created something that's manipulating your kids. Here she is uh, saying that she's really happy to be free as she's cutting back her time on it. When I'm not constantly scrolling through social media, I feel like there's just like a huge weight off my shoulders. I think you kind of felt this with the dating apps. Yeah, I mean, you're spending so much time in a world that's not real. It- mingling if you will with people that you don't know and you don't know what's going on behind the scenes it's a it's a highlight reel and that's such a cliche to say that because in the age of social media so many people have come out and been like this is just my highlight reel this is not really what's going on but when you're that young you don't have the life experience and the Mm -hmm. context to understand that that's not just something people are saying on social media it really is the truth i really want to give her her due credit to be 17 and this self-aware that's true that, that really I mean, true. that's that's really, really impressive. I know what helped me after watching The Social Dilemma. I, I never really had a problem with the scroll part of it because I don't scroll for long at all, but I check my phone constantly. That's what gets me. The I leave my, Right, like constantly picking it up every time I see a notification. So I leave my phone in a different room now for like hours. I won't even be next to it. it I, I think we're at a time now, and this is not just a teen thing. Um, we, we don't know how to be bored anymore. No. I, I'm yes. totally and completely guilty of this, man. Like, for the four weeks that I really tried to put my phone away, uh, you know, like sitting in the lobby of a doctor's office or whatever and not having my phone in my hand and just staring forward felt so odd. We just aren't used to that anymore. For me, the hardest part is feeling disconnected from references that people will have. Like TikTok for me is one of the hardest things to let go because if I stay off TikTok for a week and then I'm out like with my friends, they'll say something or they'll reference something they'll see on TikTok and I'll be like, oh, I didn't see that. And you feel really out of the loop and it's weird because social media will keep you so disconnected from people. But at the same time, if you're not on social media, you're missing out on everything that people are talking about. So it's this weird cycle that's so hard to get out of. It is a 
vicious circle. And like I said before, they know exactly what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They know exactly what they're doing. Mm-hmm. That for you page is eerie. <laughs> it, isn't it? How well it knows you. Yes. Get it. The Bird Show. All right, women know this. Sometimes what they ask for, they already know that's not what they want. Guys are very literal. You tell us what you want, we will do it, right? Kristen proved to us a couple of days ago while she started to put this glossary together. Like, dudes, when we tell you this, this is really what we mean. Well, you requested the glossary after we took an email from a birth show listener who asked her boyfriend for a break, but then while on the break was upset that he hadn't reached out to see how she was doing. She didn't like the way he was breaking. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And so you, being somewhat flummoxed and frustrated... Let's just say curious. Okay. Like, can you please put a glossary together of things women say but might not actually mean so men can decipher them, right? So Cassie and I worked together and put together some of the things that we we as women say but don't necessarily mean to help you decipher a woman code. I think the classic example is, how do I look in this dress? Amazing. I'm I'm fishing for a compliment. Just tell me I look awesome. There's no other response needed. That is not the place for truth. No, that it's not. a place to build her ego. It's, it's beyond truth. You can't even say you look good. You look great. Yeah. You need to be like a dog salivating at a bone. Oh my God, you look incredible. Mm-hmm. And especially if like she's already in the car, you're already at the event. If she's somewhere where there's nothing she can do about her outfit, why would you tell her anything different? <laughs> if, if you're already at the event and you haven't told your woman that she looks great yet, you're fired. Yeah. I am breaking up for you guys. All right, so hook us up the things that you are telling us that you want that you don't really necessarily want, et cetera, et cetera. So you know when your woman walks into her closet, she looks around, you guys got 30 minutes until you got to be at dinner, and she's like, I have nothing to wear. She, she literally means that. But it's not because she doesn't have clothes because you're looking at her closet going, you got a lot of shirts, a lot of pants here. What we mean when we say that is we don't have outfits. I have nothing to wear. I don't have an outfit to wear. So if you're like, why do you have all these clothes and nothing to wear? It's because there's no outfits. There's not enough outfits in my closet. And for me, it's also how I'm feeling about my body that day. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I could have like, yeah, I have some great outfits. One day it'll look amazing on me. But the next day, I'm bloated beyond belief, and everything looks like crap! Haven't you piecemealed together outfits from the clothes that you have in your closet right now, though? I do think Kristen raises a good point to where I feel like as women, like, our bodies are constantly changing and fluctuating, Mm -hmm. and we have these outfits that, like, six months ago looked really good, but on that particular day, just do not look good on you. Also, it's weird stuff, at least for me, like, this pair of jeans cannot be worn with this shirt. Yes. Like, they just don't Mm -hmm. work together, and, yeah, it's how you feel. Is it good enough for the occasion? That's why some women pack so much when they go places. All right, here's one. If she says, I'm hungry, you need to come up with something to eat. It's on you because she doesn't know. And do not ask, what do you want to eat? And if you want a trick to that, to figuring it out, because every I know you guys hate when it's, what do you want to eat for dinner? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Here's well, your, here's no, no, your no, trick. That's not the part that's infuriating is when you say, uh, what do you want to eat? And I say Mexican and you say no. And then I say, how about Chinese? And you say no. And then I go, how does Italian sound? And you go, no. And then I go, how about Thai? And you go, no. And I'm like, how, how about Polish food? And she's like, no, there's. Where, where do I go with that? <laughs> Here's what you do. Hey, babe, I'm taking you to dinner as a surprise. Guess where we're going? And then whatever she says, oh, my God, how did you guess it? Because that's clearly what she wants. <laughs> that's a beautiful truth. That is good, actually. Yeah, that's Seriously, really good. if she's like, chilies for chicken crispers or whatever, and you're like, 
how did you know? So, and then you go to Chili's for your chicken crispers. Do we get in trouble if we force an answer out of you? Like, she's like, oh, I have no idea. And then we have to go, okay, you have to make a guess. You can give generic hints. Okay. but They serve food. <laughs> they serve food. It yeah, has your, you could say it has your favorite <laughs> yeah. dish, but you better know where her favorite dish is, what restaurant serves it. Okay. You can, you can do breadcrumbs, but, I mean, have something in your back pocket because also – Going with Kristen's theory of we don't want to be a burden, if you've set up a dinner somewhere, like at Fazoli's, I'm not going to argue with you over it because that was a really sweet gesture on your part. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay, I also have one that if you're in the early stages of dating with somebody and a girl comes up to you guys and you have a conversation and your lady looks at you and goes, how do you know her? You better be real careful with your response, <laughs> especially if you guys were dating because you don't want to give away too much of like, um, how do I know her? If like if she's an ex hookup, you just be like, oh, she's an old friend. But if you legitimately dated, just be like, oh, I, I dated her a million years ago. It's whatever. So if we say she's an old friend, you're gonna immediately default to being an old hookup, though, right? Probably. So is there a safer answer than that? A safer answer of like, yeah, we dated, but she kind of sucked. Like if you if you really did have a relationship with her, like it's okay, it's okay in this moment to say <laughs> um, something negative, just because it's gonna make me feel better. The one I think there are two caveats: family friend, she's a family friend, or she's a childhood friend. Ah, uh, yeah. Then those to me are mm. like you, know, you were a child, or it's your family. It's not your friend. So you would rather us lie about that? No, no. I'd rather you. For me, I'd rather you be honest and not lie. But I'm saying like if you say old friend, that is immediately gonna spin off a thousand stories in my head, <laughs> even if they genuinely are just an old friend. I, Okay. I would concoct a quite an impressive story in my yes. head as well. <laughs> is and that right? Then I'd be like, you're lying to me because you still have feelings for her, which is why you're calling her an oh old friend. <laughs> because that way you're allowed to go to lunch or brunch or dinner with her later because she's just a friend. I'm going to just run. I'm going to yeah. take off. I'm out of there. I want to be like one of those fainting goats. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I am out of there. All right. If you're going to the store and you're super sweet and you say, babe, do you need, need anything from the store? And she says, no, thanks. You better not come back without a special treat. Oh, a yeah. candle, a candy bar, a book, a sweatshirt, something. It can be tiny, but you need to come back with a special treat for her. Specifically a sweet treat, typically. Mm-hmm. I told Chad once, do not come back from the store without a food treat from me. That is how you show love. And I cried once when he showed up empty-handed. He's like, I went for raw chicken for dinner, and I was like, there was a candy aisle, and you didn't think of me once? <laughs> okay. They were right there! Yeah. I texted Bart to get me a burger, and he didn't see the text, and he came home without it, and Ooh. I was so upset. You, I was so mad. You guys got me so panicked. I'm going to go to like a CVS oh. and ask her what she wants to come home with an e-bike for you her. Can't, you can't ask her. <laughs> Oh, she, you have to think about it. But here's the problem is then Chad started bringing home sweet treats, and then I cried because I was on a diet, and I felt oh, like God. I was being tempted. God. <laughs> That's why you need to know what diet your lady is on just in case. They got sugar-free candy. Yeah, <laughs> that'll do it. Okay, I have um, the three OKs that women give you that can tell you how she's feeling. We have OK spelled out OK or O-K-A-Y. Okay with just the O and the K and just K. And the less letters, the matter she is at you. Okay. <laughs> this is really important. Yep. Can we do that again? So we have okay, uh-huh. O-K-A-Y, probably in the clear. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm, you're on thin ice, buddy. Mm-hmm. And then we just have K. You better call me and bring me a sweet treat because you in trouble. Okay. Or if you get the thumbs up, that, you are so screwed. I got schooled on that last week. Oh. The thumbs up apparently was like an F you. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's a thumbs up. It's like, cool. Yeah. Nope. No, it's not. It's mm. not. Unless okay. if she's liking the message with a thumbs up, that's fine. That's just that. I saw it. Mm-hmm. Then fine. 
is also a real bad one. You're six feet under at that point. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. In, in, in all no lowercase. Yeah. All lowercase. No capitals. No coming back from that. You're dead. Mm-hmm. Right. If she goes shopping and wants to give you a fashion show, let her. Don't say anything. Compliment every outfit. Yes. I think that's totally and completely sexy. Who would say no to that? A lot of people. Really? A lot of people who you've been married to for almost five years. <laughs> okay. They've learned. Right. But they've learned. Okay. And they've changed their ways, which is good. But it's exciting. You used to, Some people, at least me, used to do it as a kid. Your back-to-school fashion show for your parents. And it's fun as an adult to be like, look what I got today. Mm-hmm. Like, just celebrate it's, with it's us. It's always why the game is on, though. That's that's my <laughs> only issue. With it. like, it's always why the game. It's is a halftime show. Can pause it and then fast forward through a commercial. Okay, oh, that's uh-huh. fair. And it that's also fair. counts for kids' clothes because I do that to Bart all the time. Mm. Oh yes. Oh my God, that is that's so true. I'm like, mm-hmm. look what I got today oh, for no. Bart's piece. That's different. No, no. That's different. So we have to sit through a fashion show for the kids also? God, they're not putting bid. it on. I'm just pulling it out and showing you the cute outfits that I found on sale at TJ Maxx. <laughs> it's a maze. Man. It's a maze. Woo-hoo. It's a Halloween corn maze that we will get lost <laughs> in every single time, and there is no way and out. And yet you Good go luck, back fellas. every year. Every year. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is The Bird Show. Sometimes different words, different phrases will mean different things based on your age, right? So... Abby, when I ask you at 26 years old, what does out of pocket mean? It means if you're being a little outrageous, if you're being a little a little too much. Mm-hmm. A little too much, a little unhinged, right? A little unhinged. I, that's what most millennials think that that phrase means when it doesn't. You guys have redefined that word. That's not what I think it means. What does it mean? I think it means when you have to pay for something yourself. Out of pocket. You come out of pocket for it. Okay, that's another good one, right? Um, So there are three different definitions now of this statement. And you will answer differently based on your age. Because Cassie, you're how old? 38. Okay, those are two right there. My boss, every time she's going to be out of the office for a portion of the day, not the whole day, but like for a, a, a doctor's appointment or something, she'll say, so I'm going to be out of pocket today from one to two. And it <laughs> just cracks me up every time because it's like, what you going to get up to, girl? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So out of pocket for me means you can't reach me right now. For the next two hours, I'm out of pocket. Re- I didn't That's, e- really? N- what? Yes. I didn't even that. know that was. I didn't even know that was a, another definition. Tommy, is that what it means to yeah, you too? Yeah, yeah. I've I've heard that. I've heard all the ones that have been said. I've heard it said that way. My favorite is there's a Gen Zer online who has posted about work at her work, and she works with a lot of boomers, but it's like a very like supportive culture, and so she teaches them phrases to use to sound younger, like what out of pocket would really mean, mm-hmm. or like that slaps or yeet or what have you. And in return, she'll say, how do I tell this person to F off this isn't my job? And they translate her stuff into corporate speak for her. So it's a two-way translation. So she gets how to be like, thank you. This really isn't in my lane at the moment. And I don't have the capacity to take on this project. But let me reroute you. Like, so they'll do that for her. And I just think it's the cutest, like, like work relationship ever. We're going to call him Doug here. He regrets asking his wife for a divorce. 
and is wondering from your guys' perspective, is it too late? She won't talk to him. Uh, he wants to be on The Voice Disguiser. Hey, Doug, good morning. Hey, how's it going? All right. Okay. Bring us up to uh, speed here. Give us the history, why the divorce, why the reversal in your mind and your heart over it. Tell us everything. Sure. So, yeah, so we were together about 14 years. We, um, uh, let's see. So we, um, so I spoke with her about, you know, helping out around the house. And um, we had bought a larger home uh, about four years uh, before the end of our marriage. Uh, we went from a small condo about uh, 500 something square feet to 2,800 square feet, you know. And, um, and at that point, she actually ended up getting laid off right away, uh, which is no problem. Um, but uh, because our finances were in a great space, place or whatever. So, and we had no kids or anything like that. So uh, during that, uh, during the last four years, um, and most of the marriage, she just maintained like doing the kitchen or really doing the dishes and helping out with administrative, you know, uh, writing checks or something like that or, mm-hmm. you know, anything administrative around the house or whatever. So during that time, she had nothing that she had to us obligated to do. She may have come to my office and helped out a little bit. I own my own business. Um, but meanwhile, I'm working 16 hours a day. I'm, uh, I paid off the house in 18 months, um, uh, bought cars, bought, uh, paid off, made sure we stayed debt-free. Um, I also cleaned the house um, while still working at least 16 hours a day. Um, like she didn't like cleaning bathrooms. I had no problem with that. You know, I did that. I did home improvements, home repairs. Uh, I even bought a little vacuum to run around the house um, to clean the house and such. Um, and um, uh, during that time, uh, you know, I just asked her to help out with 50% of the household work, which seemed rather reasonable. She had no job and I was working like crazy and doing everything else. So, which, you know, probably still wouldn't hit 50%. But, um, um, you know, I just felt unappreciated, unloved, and uh, taken for granted. Um, so one day I was just like, um, you know, I was really frustrated uh, through that, especially last conversation we had. She's like, oh, I thought we'd have a housekeeper by now. So I was like confused and frustrated at that point. So um, so between that and, of course, our bedroom life, you know, but, you know, we spoke about that. A little change, but, you know, bedroom life was also an issue. But but I think more, you know, being a partner was more of a problem for me, uh, for her, uh, with her. And um, so I was extremely frustrated. And it may not even sound divorce-worthy to you guys, but, um, yeah, so I asked her for a divorce at that point. Um, and during that time, you know, we, you know, she was, you know, she was talking about going to counseling, but it just never happened. And a lot of it, uh, I think even we had, like, you know, even from COVID stress and, you know, a lot happened during those four years. But, um um, and during that time, we split finances, you know, 50-50. Um, and um, so, but then the funny thing is I ran into her one day, and she goes, um, oh, she wouldn't speak to me after we got divorced, um, a little after, you know, divorcing or whatever. Um, she just would not speak to me whatsoever. So I ran into her, and she tells me I took everything, which is kind of crazy because we split everything. Um, and... Um, she may be talking about things around the house or, you know, household goods, maybe. I'm not sure. But um, we didn't really have a full conversation because, you know, we talked for a little bit. Well, we didn't talk. I kind of walked behind her talking to her, and she just gave me this attitude and told me I took everything, and which is crazy because, you know, like she's in a great financial position, or should be. I don't know what she's doing now. But, you know, she drives off in her almost $100,000 car talking about I, I took everything. I'm like, are you freaking crazy? Whatever. So it's just such a, a, an ironic situation there. So, um, you know, at this point, um, I'm just like, 
you know, um, you know, double, you know, thinking back and like, should I have divorced or should I, you know, was I, you know, frustrated? Was it, you know, you know, what was going on at that time? I had really a lack of sleep at that time as well, because I was working like crazy. And, you know, some days, you know, I might be working for sleeping for four hours a day, you know, uh, but now um, I'm retired. And um, this is just uh, six months later. And, um, you know, just thinking about everything and, uh I'm thinking, you know, should I be trying to work on things? Should I reach back out? And I've reached out to her multiple times. She doesn't communicate with me in any way. Um, and, um, yeah, so I'm not trying mm. to be like the crazy ex or anything like that, reaching out to her, but, you know. All right, so hold on one second. Okay, that's a lot of details. So why the change in attitude? Because if you want her back, um, even though she's not taking your calls or whatever, there's – there, there has to be a solid, solid reason for her to open her heart back up, and that might be gone. You know, there are just some people that once that's done, it is done, and there is no U-turn. So, why the why the change now? Yeah, just looking back at everything, uh, maybe it wasn't big enough of an issue, and we should have done counseling. Um, so, I think just everything moved really fast. The divorce just—I mean, it was it, it was online, and it was just kind of like, you know, judge popped up. Two minutes later, we're divorced. You know, um, and it was just like within a couple months of filing, you know, and during that time we had a lot going on. Um, um, so we've never argued. It was a great relationship when I look back at it. Um, we never had, you know, when I say, you know, people are always surprised me and say we never argued. We never, you know, fought, fought about stuff. We just talked about stuff, figured it out together. And we had a great partnership. But, you know, with that outside of, you know, everybody's like, oh, you should just hire the housekeeper and such. But it was really about, hold, hold, hold on one sec. Hold on one because Kristen is looking at her mic very skeptically. So I, I do think we tend to misremember or not misremember, but we choose to remember what we want to remember of the past. Right. And you say it happened very fast and I'm sure the divorce did. But you said this was four years, four years of you asking her to contribute more, not financially, just help. You're, you explained, um, and I'm, I'm just going to go by that you're being honest with us, 16-hour days, you're doing the house maintenance, you're doing a majority of the, ho- you know, the home, the housework. She wanted a housekeeper. Um, she was unemployed at the time. So when you say you feel like you were taking, you know, you were being taken for granted or taken advantage of, I mean, if all this is accurate, you, you were. So... Um, while you may not have had like drag out fights or arguments, if you look at this person for four years and she never stepped up to help, you got severely taken advantage of. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but like I said, we were together for 14 years. I know. Together. Um, and um, during that time, I mean, granted, we we're in a smaller space. So it was like one bedroom, one bathroom, one kitchen, you know, so. But now we moved into this larger property with land and everything else. And it's just like, you got to help out. You got to help more. With Look, this. Doug, the, the, the details yeah, even. taking advantage of, but we should have gone to counseling. The details are almost I'm, inconsequential you know. here, man. Yeah. I, I mean, if you want your lady back, you yeah. know, because I agree with Kristen 100%. But if you want your lady back, man, calling a radio station and asking what you should do is not going to cut it. You got to get over to that house and knock on the door, man, and tell her how you feel. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. seriously. Yeah. That's all you can do. That's all you can do. Well, I'm trying not to have any conflict either. You know, you know, I don't want anything to blow up into something else. And, you know. Is she dating anybody so. else right now? I mean, I don't think so. Okay. Um, I, doubt, I strongly doubt it. Look, if I'm um, you. And- I don't know. And we're on limited time here, so we got to take off. But if I'm you, I'm going over there, I'm knocking on the door, and I'm showing her that look. 
I've rethought this thing through. Maybe we made a mistake. I'm willing to go to counseling here. And she's more mad about the I took everything kind of thing, which is what she said. She's like, I'm not mad. It's not the divorce. I feel like you took everything, which is just absurd. Yeah, you. it's irrelevant if you want it back. You got to go over there, like Bird said, and just knock on the door yeah, and pull she's your heart out. Not mad about missing you. She's mad about missing the things. Why do you want her back? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could do that for half an hour here. Yep. That's that's longer than what Doug, we have time for, Doug. man. <laughs> well, he also said that he's retired now, so maybe he's got some more time. He's thinking it. Now he's maybe a little bit on the lonely side. That's but the bottom line doesn't even matter. You want your lady back, you got to knock on the door and say, I want you back. I screwed things up. It's the Burt Show. The Burt Show. All right, moving on. Abby, you want to give singles a pat on the back. So, I, you know, some people just don't understand how hard it is out there. Yeah, I do. So over the weekend, I had posted this TikTok that had really resonated with me and a lot of my single girlfriends. And so I decided, you know what? I have a lot of single girls that follow me. I'm going to share it and see if it resonates with them as well. And to my surprise, my DMs flooded mm-hmm. after I posted it. Every like every DM that I opened was the same remark of, oh my gosh, this hit me right where it hurts. This is exactly how I feel. I wish people that have been out of the single game for a long time could acknowledge some of the struggle that comes with being a single person out in the world and not having a partner to rely on. So I'll share the clip with you, and then I will continue to talk about (laughs) why it just really (laughs) hits so hard with singles. This one's for all the single girls out there because we don't hear this nearly enough. If you're going to work every day, then coming home and cleaning your own house, cooking your own meals, paying your own bills, I want you to know how proud of you I am. No partner to split rent with or to bring you coffee in bed or cook dinner for you when you've had a horrible work day or build furniture together or remind you that you did, in fact, blow that candle out. I know so many women who have jumped from relationship to relationship, never truly stopping to be single for any extended period of time. And I think it's because of fear, but they'll also never know how rewarding it is. I got very distracted by the saxophone. I know, I know. Right? I, 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 I didn't pro- think. <laughs> 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 I promise being a single girl does not come with a jazz quartet. <laughs> there is not a saxophonist following me around my apartment. But this video is like this girl, you know, she's trying to have one of those aesthetic type of cleaning videos where she's tidying up her little apartment <laughs> and she's cooking dinner for herself. And it makes it, it almost romanticizes how it would look to be single. But really, it's like me at 2 a.m. on a Saturday eating Ben and Jerry's. Like, it's not cute. <laughs> But I was listening to this and it really hit with me, especially this week, because I've had so many small instances of being like, like, oh, crap moments. Like I'm out here by myself. And if this had actually happened, I would be screwed because I'm out by myself. So a couple of things that had happened was like I had like pulled a muscle and I literally couldn't walk in my apartment for like a good solid five minutes. And I thought, shoot, out here by myself, no one here to support me. When I was in the cold plunge earlier this week and I thought I was going to drown, I thought, shoot, (laughs) out here by myself, no one out here to pick me up if I fall. And I kind of just feel like that all the time. And I know so many of my single girlfriends feel that way, just in the small moments of like when you come home from work and you're starving and there's nothing but like unbaked chicken and a bag of salad in the fridge and not only are you sitting in your apartment by yourself alone I'm making it sound horrible it's not that bad yeah Mo is saying this Mo's thinking this is glorious (laughs) yeah my single experience has been very different than I think most people's single experience I I I have I enjoyed being single so much that I'm struggling to transition into being in a relationship and she doesn't even live in the same city and it's still a struggle (laughs) I still don't feel like I have enough space to myself (laughs) baby I need a little more space I know you're in New York right now but can you move to Maine yes (laughs) (laughs) A little more distance, please. Why not move?
across the ocean. Like, what? what's keeping her back from going to Europe? A boat, probably. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> but I just had so many people feeling the exact same way of, like, you have to do so much for yourself all the time, and nobody recognizes the small moments that you constantly have to. Like, domestic labor is for real. Like, we've talked about that on the show before, about how that's, like, a complete job in itself. And so, really, like, you go to your job, work from 9 to 5 or whatever your hours are, and then you come home, and you have your own job of taking care of yourself, maybe your cat, like me, and your apartment, and feeding yourself. It's like having two full-time jobs. And there's no part of you that loves that. There's a part of me that loves being alone, but it does get a little exhausting. Like, I love... I'm an introvert, so I like being by myself. I don't have a problem coming home to an empty apartment sometimes, but... Sometimes it would be nice to walk through the door and have somebody ask you how your day is. Someone be like, oh, I picked up dinner for us because you really are out here doing everything for you. It doesn't bother you to be alone, but occasionally it feels lonely. It feels a little lonely and it does, I think, add to just kind of the everyday exhaustion of your responsibilities and the work because there's nobody out here really supporting you. Like Mm -hmm. you have to do everything. And sometimes there's a freedom in that, but sometimes it really is like... Sometimes it would just be nice to have a a man to ask me how my day is (laughs) and to ask me if I want to go get dinner. So I I think a lot of women out there felt the exact same way when I shared this Mm -hmm. because every message that I got said, you know, it would be really nice. So I almost feel like we should all form some kind of like commune Uh where we all just rotate (laughs) being partners for each other. Did you see the girlfriends who did that? No. Yes. There there are like, I think like six girlfriends or something like that. And they bought this, they all went in together, bought this huge house and they have like their little girlfriend commune compound and they each have different days that they're responsible for a dinner. Um, so they do that cooking for that night for everybody and they alternate like responsibilities, but it's just like six girlfriends living the dream in their girlfriend house. Really? I have a friend of a friend who they both went through, uh, well, she went through a divorce and her best friend went through a divorce. So they took their kids and moved in together. Oh my gosh. This is like a Barbie dream house. Really? Takes a village for sure. Yeah. Not a relationship. They're just best friends, but they're like, you know what? We know each other the best. Our kids are friends. This didn't work out. So we're going to be each other's, yeah, village essentially. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, if you have a good credit score, hit me up. We can go in on a, on a house together. Here, Bircha. We're kicking the show off with some listener drama, and it's actually a dad who is emailing for his daughter. She has this dream to have a career in New York City, and she's going to do interviews, but her boyfriend said if she's going, she's coming back to an empty house because they live in California. So the question is, if you're with a guy... You have a dream. You want to go out to New York City and pursue that dream. He lives in California, and he actually says to you, hey, if you do this, then you're coming back to an empty house. I mean, that is... Talk about dramatic, for one. I understand if you want her to stay in California, but I think that might be a little harsh way of... Of going about it. A little bit. Yeah. All right. So the email reads, hey, Burt Show, longtime listener here. I'm emailing you in hopes that you and your listeners can help me answer my daughter's questions. She's been dating this guy for over six years. They live in San Francisco. And for their age, they're pretty successful. However, her dream has been to live and work in New York City since she was a teenager. She's asked him to move there and try it out for a year. And if they don't like it, They can move back. Finding a job is not an issue. He works remotely. 
but he refuses because he doesn't want to leave his friends and family behind, which I understand. The issue is that she has four job interviews scheduled for the first week of October and is set to fly out. But he told her that if she does interview, she will come home to an empty house, which we don't believe is fair. But I do understand that he's hurt that she was applying behind his back. Oh, she was applying behind his back. Okay, that changes mm. things a little bit. The, the plot has started to thicken. Absolutely. She's afraid that if she does interview, no matter the outcome, she will come home to an empty house and lose him. And there's still a possibility she will not get the job. Would the women listening to the show go interview, or would you plant your roots in San Fran? I forgot to mention that all her friends have left, which I believe is what motivated her to apply, and we, her family, all live in Arizona. Thank you for your input, Anonymous Dad. Okay, mm. so we got a little more detail here. Um, and, like, if roles were reversed and he went behind her back and applied and, and, you know, went out to, was going out to do these interviews, that I think we would have her back, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't want the the gender roles to skew our to, to skew our take. We appreciate that. Yeah. Pizza rolls, yeah. not gender rolls. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag yes all pizza rolls. Um so Abby, mm-hmm. your boyfriend says this to you. Yes. Honestly, the fact that she did it behind his back really doesn't change things for me. And it wouldn't change things for me for him too. She's a grown adult. They don't have any kind of legal commitment to each other. And really at they could both of them could walk at any point. I think he's being incredibly childish by saying that you're going to come home to an empty house. Like, have you seen the real estate market? Like, how, how, <laughs> like, especially how in San Francisco, the cost right? of living there is through the roof. How stubborn do you have to be to go out and find a new apartment just because your girlfriend wanted to do some job interviews? I think the hard truth, and I've, I said this yesterday, when you're in your 20s or when you haven't established your life, life yet, you have to not only find a partner that you're compatible with, but also find a partner that wants the same life as you. And they may just not want the same life, which is easier said than done to just say like, we'll break up. But I think she should go do the job interviews. I right, so Mo, your girlfriend does this, does like sets up the job interviews behind your back. She wants to go apply in New York. And I mean, that is, you don't really get further across country Absolutely. than that. Um, how would you react? I would be hurt. I understand where he's coming from simply because, I I mean, I believe that in a relationship we should be upfront with each other about anything that's life-changing. That's a big deal. That's just not something small. And it would send a clear message to me that you are more concerned about yourself than us. And you don't care what I feel or believe, which is fine. That's okay. But it would tell me something. Now, if I'm him, I'm not giving her an ultimatum. I think that's where he went wrong. I, I think if you're that hurt to the point where... She did something where you're telling her if you do it, you would leave. You should just leave. Yeah. I don't think mm. you should tell her like that if you do this, it will happen. You just do it, and you allow her to live her life because she clearly is more concerned about her than the us factor. I think after six years, it's very hard to face this truth, but you're going behind his back to do things, and it's a dream you've had since you were a teenager, which tells you it's important to you. And then he, like Mo said, is offering ultimatums. I think that you know in your heart the relationship has already started to degrade, Um, Because if you are happy in a relationship, you don't do this kind of thing and go behind backs and you don't offer ultimatums. So I think you really have to look yourself in the mirror and say, what do I want out of my life? But not only that, look at yourself in 20 years and say, will I regret not going to New York? And if the answer is yes, you have your answer. 
I think sometimes we stay in relationships when we have a good, we, what we see as a good partner or we've been there a long time because it makes sense on paper. And people are always trying to make relationships work. Whereas Abby said sometimes like your lives just don't align and he can be a great guy, just not a great guy for you. So I would honestly, I would go to New York. I would move, I would live the life that I want and find someone who can fit into it and who I fit into their life. And it doesn't mean you're a failure or that you hate your your boyfriend. And it's sad, some things come to an end. But if I were her, in retrospect, with the knowledge I have now at this age, that is what I would do. But you gotta be prepared. You go out there and interview and you don't get any of the jobs. You're still in San Francisco. You know, if he doesn't want to be with you, then now you're just going to have to forge your own way in San Francisco on your own. Actually, I would just move to New York. Without a job? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you have some savings, obviously New York's expensive. But if you want to live in New York, you want to live in New York. There are plenty of jobs in New York. You may not get the one you want right out the gate. There's a way to make your living and then work your way into the job you want. So if you want that NYC life, move. It's so scary. But the one piece of advice I give to people younger than me is take the risk. Take the risk. While you can, while you're untethered, take the leap of faith because your life is going to be so much better for it. And if it doesn't, you have family in Arizona. Go stay with mom and dad. Get it. The Bird Show.